Oftentimes, we're very conscious of when we're trying to plan something out or maybe hiding some sort of future action. But sometimes people involuntarily give away clues that indicate, well, something's up. And it's no different when someone's planning on quitting. We decided to call these 13 behaviors pre-quitting behaviors because we didn't see a common pattern. We didn't see elements of depression or disengagement or coming to work late. And these 13 held together and are in some ways substitutes for each other. Hello once again, I'm Tim Muma, and on this episode of Management Decisions, we're going to dive into some behaviors that are signs someone is getting ready to quit his or her job. Now, some of the behaviors on the list, and some that didn't make the cut, they might surprise you. But to give us his detailed insight, we have Tim Gardner on the show. Tim is an associate professor of management at the John M. Huntsman School of Business over at Utah State University, and he helped conduct a study on pre-quitting behaviors. Tim, thanks a lot for coming on LJN Radio. Thanks for having me. So you did a study on behavioral changes and really behaviors that are an indicator of potentially an employee leaving. And you mentioned to me that you guys chose a rather fascinating line of work to gather up your sample. Uh, What group was that and why did you select them exactly? Well, it's a great question. Um, We decided to study, uh, as the manager in the study, describing the behavior of employees, we decided to study managers in the funeral industry. And for one, the the simplest, one of the simplest reasons is that uh, there's a lot of uh, academics doing a lot of research and people suffer from survey fatigue. And so we figured, uh, or when we looked into it, no one had really studied funeral home owners (laughs) before. Uh, And so we knew that they'd be more likely to respond to our uh, uh, pleas to participate in our research. Uh, but the other thing was that you know, when you do a study like this, you, you want to have what we call generalizability. You want to be able to say that what we found uh, applies in many different places and circumstances and industries and careers. Hmm. Uh, and the, the funeral industry, I think, was perfect for this because uh, you have – so we have the managers who are going to describe the employees. Well, funeral home owners uh, supervise people with master's degrees, college degrees, associate's degrees, uh, no degrees at all. So people who are doing uh, sales, people who are doing professional work, sure. uh, people who are doing – Uh, grave digging. Uh, So so we felt like uh, our sample really represented a a good cross-section of the U.S. economy. And I think what's great is when I was reading, you know, the article that I had seen in the Harvard Business Review, I wouldn't have gathered by any means. I would have thought it, you're just talking about people in an office and the same kind of thought process a lot have. So when you, you mentioned that to me, I thought that was very unique. But it also goes to show that things don't change too much across industry. Now, I did see where initially you had gotten back uh, more than 900 different of these uh, pre-quitting behaviors that were mentioned, and you had to pare them down. Eventually, you got them down to 13 of the most telling behaviors that we will talk about in more detail in a moment. But what sort of processes were you using to really whittle down that number from, from such a large sampling down to those 13 eventually? So the first thing we did is that we, we put each one of those 900 different nominations on a separate sheet of paper. Uh, we reserved a big conference room and sorted those into piles to try to find duplicates, anything that were, that were similar. Uh, and after going through that process, we ended up with 116 separate piles wow. uh, that were fairly similar, mm-hmm. uh, that, that were similar that way. And so out of those piles, we wrote one uh, behavior that was a good summary of all the items in that pile. And so that was sort of a, a, an informal qualitative way of sorting these. 
And then our first thought was to say, well, some of these, these are great nominations, but I'm not sure they happen in the real world. Uh, and so we used, every time I mention a, a sample, we used a different sample. Uh, so we got a new sample of managers, uh, and we asked them to review each of these 116 items that we had identified uh, and asked them if uh, they had actually seen this when they've seen a peer or a, okay. a, a subordinate uh, quit. Uh, and through that process, we uh, eliminated 58 of those. So if they said, if more than 75% of our sample said that they had never seen those, mm -hmm. uh, we cut it out. And so that left us with 58. And then uh, we, we found, again, another sample of managers of 100 or 200 managers uh, and had them describe not just what they had seen in the past. We asked them to describe what kind of behaviors are you currently seeing in your employees or have you seen over the last uh, two or three months with these 58 behaviors. And then we did a statistical technique called uh, confirmatory factor analysis. Uh, and uh, what we so that what that did is it helped helped us identify those first 13 behaviors that kind of hung together statistically. Uh, so we so we uh, were able to pull out those 13. And so you you did there were others that that appear on a frequent basis, mm -hmm. but they didn't hold together and hang together and correlate with the the final 13. And I think it's important for people to understand, you know, processes like this and how you go about, because as I said, uh, you know, there were so many responses and you were able to relate a lot of them together, eventually, uh, as you said, describing what you did to get down to the 13, which I do want to talk about. Um, we're obviously not going to talk about all 13 uh, in the list, but a couple that uh, are in front of me right here, uh, work productivity decreasing more than usual, acting less like a team player. Uh, minimum amount of work being done. Uh, so those sound you know, reasonable and things that you would recognize. Were there two or three that really stood out to you either because they were surprising or because there were specific factors that you could correlate them with? You know, one of the things that, that strikes me is that, uh, you know, we decided to call these 13 behaviors pre-quitting behaviors mm -hmm. because we didn't see a common pattern. We didn't see elements of depression or disengagement or coming to work late. And, and as I talked about, we did some fancy statistical analyses that showed that these 13 held together and are in some ways substitutes for each other. Uh, and so, we, so, like I said, we call them all pre-quitting behaviors. Uh, so they are a, a, a little bit different. Uh, this idea of, of kind of withdrawing from their work is what really kind of grabs me. Okay. Uh, it's kind of the theme that I see over there of that they're, they're not being as productive. They're not working as a team player. The, the mission of the organization doesn't grab them, uh, that customers don't work with them. And, and we don't know, of course, but I'm not sure if this is a mental change uh, and that we're, because of the mental change of their deciding to leave, uh, that we're seeing uh, these changes in behaviors, or is it that because of their job search activity, they don't have enough time to, to dedicate to work uh, or that there's some other obligation. And that, of course, is going to require some future research to see what's going on when, when man managers first see these behaviors, uh, what's going on in these employees' lives that would cause the, the result of these. But this, this, this idea of, of withdrawal and just not sharing your full work effort mm -hmm. is what jumps out most to me. Yeah, that would be intriguing to, as you said, understand maybe what's going on with them on the back end uh, that they're not putting that same effort in. Because what popped in my head, honestly, are you surprised at all that there was nothing in here, at least among the top 13, of people putting in extra effort or almost overcompensating in a way to make sure, oh, I hope nobody figures out that I'm getting ready to leave this place. 
that was one of the original 116, and that that fell out uh, from not being regularly observed. Hmm. Uh, and so uh, it's one of those things that it may be predictive, but it's not something that's going to predict across a wide variety of people in a wide variety of circumstances. So I don't deny it, uh, but but I just it's what we it's what I would call not generalizable. It's not a common trait you're going to see across nearly everybody. Sure. Uh, one other one I just wanted to mention because it, it stuck out to me, and maybe it's just the phrasing, and maybe you have some more insight into it, uh, but it listed as uh, they have been less interested in pleasing their manager than usual. Now, obviously, we all want to, to make others happy, and we want to show that we're doing a good job, but I guess the way it's phrased, it makes it sound like people are going out of their way simply to please their manager versus just putting in good work. Did that strike you at all? Was there anything that uh, specific came out of that or, or anything that you guys have talked about? I'll make fun of myself a little bit. It was an <laughs> item I was sort of hoping that would survive this list. Okay. And the, the item was, was something like speaks to their manager with more candor and bluntness. Ah. Because it seems like if you know you're on your way out, you might be not disrespectful, but mm-hmm. you might just be a little more candor, speak with more candor and more bluntness. And that, of course, didn't survive this. But but this idea of not pleasing your manager, it seems like that's a passive way. I'm, I'm pleased that, that that one survived. It's, it's almost a passive way of, of not uh, making your manager happy. So you're not engaging in that extra effort. And kind of going back to what I said, what the, the trend I see is not that people are coming in and screwing up the workplace, but they're not giving that extra effort. And so another way that that manifests is that you're not taking that extra step of you know, standing up a little straighter or just just trying to please the boss and, and do a good job. I guess the critic in me is thinking, well, you're asking managers about this, right? So they're probably just thinking, Correct. they're not just making me happy. They're not making me happy anymore. So, you know, if they go, they <laughs> right, go. It's fine. Right, right. <laughs> now, another thing that you mentioned to me that you found uh, fascinating, and you said other people often bring this up as well, um, is that there are a number of behaviors that people often connect with sort of someone who's getting ready to leave, and they didn't make some of these lists, uh, or this list particularly. Uh, What are some of those, I guess, mythological behaviors that people often talk about that don't appear here? No, it's a, it's a great question. One of the things that we did before we started this project is to see, of course, has anybody done this before? And there hadn't been an academic study on this, uh, but there are innumerable, if you do a Google search, there are innumerable lists from consultants and journalists mm-hmm. and everyone who, you know, these are the keys that uh, that tell you who's going to quit. And there's a smattering of the items that, that survived our process. But uh, I think that, that the number of items that you could find if we were to just do, you know, look through web pages, I mean, you would find several hundred. And so people have these ideas of, of what they're going to see. And, and again, I know I'm repeating myself, but it's not to say that those don't predict. You know, if you do find a resume on your printer, uh, there's a wide variety of reasons why the person could be printing out a, a resume. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not always for someone doing a job search. And of course, the, the follow-up joke is if you find a cover letter, you know, saying I'm looking for a job, that's, a, that's probably a pretty good sign. Uh, but no one's gonna no one's gonna do that. And so number one, I think that the obvious ones that people think are out there, I think people are really good at hiding. People mm-hmm. uh, know not to come and dress up for work. Uh, I know when I left a job uh, one time earlier in my career, uh, I found a gas station on the way to the place where I was interviewing. Uh, I changed into dr- the dressy clothes at the gas station, did the interview, came back, changed back into my more casual work clothes. Uh, so I think people know to to hide that. Uh, but this idea of of wearing dressy clothes, going to doctor's appointments, mm-hmm. uh, maybe asking for an 
increase in base pay, um, coming to work late, uh, the, uh, uh, doctor's appointments, forgive me if I already said that. Uh, and, and again, uh, people who quit do that, but people who don't quit also engage in those behaviors. And I think the, the beauty of our process is to uh, sort of separate the, the myth from the, the fact uh, and, and eliminate the ones that, again, uh, are not going to generalize across the economy and across all different types of workers. It's funny, though, uh, over here at our workplace, uh, MilwaukeeJobs.com specifically, we have a very casual uh, dress code. So it seems like when somebody who isn't especially in upper management dresses a little nicer for whatever reason, uh, they get about 30 questions about, oh, you got an interview today? Oh, what's going on? So you feel like on the defense, like, no, hey, I just I just wanted to wear a nice shirt. What do you want me to do? Uh, so it is funny that you bring that up uh, as some of the you know common beliefs of an idea that someone might be leaving. Part of this, obviously, for those that are listening, uh, people who are managers, HR personnel, executives, not only do they want to know what are some of these pre-quitting signs, but also what should they do if they start noticing this? And it does legitimately seem like one of their employees, especially uh, one of the more talented ones, are leaving. What should they do? How should they react? How do they broach a conversation? What would be your insight into that? You know, and I really came across this working with a, a company that recruits at our university. And one of the things that they were telling us is that uh, I, I don't want to reveal it, but they have a, a kind of a, a an, uh, an online intranet behavior, uh, intranet of what someone would do. So what someone would do inside the company, uh, and that if an employee does that, they have a very good sense that they're going to be quitting soon. And one of the first things that 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 they do, if it's a mid-level, high-level employee, is it signals the HR person that's in charge of that group to go have a conversation with them. Uh, and we recommend that as well. That If you start to see these signs uh, and you, you have a strong suspicion that someone's about to quit, uh, they need a conversation. And, and generally, uh, the, the, the term that we use in the article and that we strongly recommend is this idea of a stay interview. Right. Uh, managers are so frequently wanting to use exit interviews to talk to people about why they quit. What could we do better? Well, that's, that's hard to know. And it's, it's, there's really nothing that can be saved from that. I'm not saying it's, that's bad information. Uh, but why not talk to the people that you feel are, are both valuable and at risk of quitting and finding out how things are going? Uh, it, is, is, the, is the job too demanding? Is there a problem at home? Is there a problem with the boss or the supervisor? Is there a, a promotion or training that they expected? Uh, if they're on your radar, you're worried about them leaving, they provide value to the organization, uh, it, there's no way it can hurt to have these conversations. And I would recommend uh, managers have these on a regular basis. But to, to do that and to find out what's going on and then fix those problems. Uh, typically, as, as I'm sure many of your other guests have mentioned, people quit managers, they, quit or, they don't quit organizations. Mm -hmm. So these conversations are very likely to reveal a manager, a supervisor, or someone in their orbit that, that's making life uh, a little more difficult. And so to provide extra training for that manager or, or rotation for that manager, just coaching and counseling for the manager that's not managing as well uh, is a great way to save that particular person that you're afraid of losing and probably many other good employees. One other item with this, um, I love baseball and I'm into statistics, and a lot of talk turns to not only what the statistics tell you, but also whether or not they're predictive. Is there a predictive result with this? I mean, are you able to test that? Have you been able to test as far as how well you could predict someone possibly quitting based on the behaviors you witness? That was, the, that was the final study. And so this, this whole academic study is five different studies. And okay. I won't bore you with the first four, but the first four were the, the weeding out process that were done very systematically. But the, the final study was to say we go to, we went to the uh, 
National Funeral, Funeral Directors Association. They connected us with a large number of those funeral home managers. Uh, the managers filled out the survey in early 2014 uh, describing the behavior of their employees. Uh, and then we recontacted those managers a year later, uh, 12, 12 months later, uh, and asked them if those employees were still employed, uh, if they had, were still no, if they were not employed, and if they were no longer employed, if that termination had been voluntary, involuntary, or was it due to death or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we only looked at the people who had voluntarily quit, and and so this was a predictive research design. And so even after controlling for all the things, uh, statistically controlling that a manager might notice on their own, married people are less likely to quit. People with long-term tenure are less likely to quit. Men are less likely. To to quit, uh, controlling for all these things that a, that a manager could look at, and then one of the we asked the manager several questions about their own hunches, mm. because we were we were worried maybe we're just measuring hunches here, maybe it's not the behavior, <laughs> maybe the managers just have good hunches. So we asked several questions that managed back in you know 2014, uh, asked them about their hunches of will this person quit over the next uh, 12 months. Statistically controlling for all that, uh, the the pre-quitting behaviors were able to predict who is going to quit and who is going to stay. As I said, very fascinating stuff. I love diving into the details. Um, you know, and for those who are interested, you can check out the article where I actually came across, Tim, uh, 13 signs that someone is about to quit, according to research. That's uh, at the Harvard Business Review website. And I believe there's a link in there to actual uh, specifics of the study, isn't there? Yeah, the whole article, the, the, the full article is, is accessible. Awesome. Well, Tim, thank you very much for coming on again. I think uh, very intriguing items that managers especially should pay attention to, and, and hopefully we've helped them a bit today. Yeah, thank you for your time. Unfortunately, that will wrap up this edition of Management Decisions. Once again, our guest was Tim Gardner, Associate Professor at the John M. Huntsman School of Business at Utah State University. If you'd like to offer up a topic for us to cover or give feedback on any of our shows, just send an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. And you can always find all of our shows at localjobnetwork.com slash resource slash home and find all of them in the iTunes store as well. Thank you once again for joining us. I'm Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.